Let's write the physics of a, uh, of a string. What is, the, what is the energy? What is the energy stored in a string? All right, we can think of the string as a collection of points, point particles, which later on we will take limits. One of the things we will do when we take a limit is we'll let the mass of each point go to zero. That's because uh, we're going to have an, we, the whole string has a, has a finite mass. We're going to think of it as being a collection of a virtual infinity of point masses. It had better be that in taking the limit, we let the mass of each point go to zero. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations of the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. Shame on you. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? You didn't know this kid, okay? We did it. They're looking for help. We call BS. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public public Access Access America. America. All right, but what's uh, what's the energy of this? The energy is going to be proportional. The kinetic energy. It'll be the sum of all the points of xi dot squared. These are two-dimensional now, so we could write this as x plus y dot squared. That's the ith point divided by 2. And we might put here an, a mass of the ith particle, which later on we're going to let go to 0. But let's, uh, let's not uh, be too... Uh, let, I'll just tell you how to do the, conti- the continuum limit. I'll show you how to do it. I'll just tell you how to do it. All right, what are we missing out of this formula? Interactions. Yeah. Uh, these points are attracting each other. If they weren't attracting each other, they would just fly apart. They're forming a string. They are, in addition to the points, we have to put in the little springs that connect them. So think of it as a chain of little balls and little springs. Can you see the springs? All right, little balls and little springs. Um, 
let's just call this x sub i squared. x sub i squared now stands for x, x, squared, uh, x dot squared plus y dot squared. Okay, what is the potential energy between the points? The potential energy is a sum also over all neighboring pairs. So there's another sum of i here. There's a spring constant. Let's just call it k. All the mass points have the same mass. There's a spring constant there. And what is the potential energy between a pair of points? It'll be proportional to the distance between them, xi minus xi plus 1, squared, probably a 2 there. This is Hooke's law. This is Hooke's law. The energy stored in a stretched spring is proportional to the distance of stretching squared. That's the Hooke's law uh, formula for the... Now, what happens when you go to the continuum limit? In other words, you let the points get denser and denser and denser, more and more of them. You have to do two things. You have to let the mass of each one go to zero, and you have to also let the spring constant, what it is, you want the spring constant to get big or small? Big. Big. Can you, you know why? Supposing you take a rubber band, and you take a rubber band, uh, a big long piece of rubber band, and you stretch it. It's easy to stretch. Now take two points very close to each other and try to stretch them that same distance. Much harder, okay? So the spring constant gets big and the mass gets small, but in the end, what you get, just take it from me, what you get is, of course, an integral represent, uh, uh, an integral replacing the sum. The integral is over a parameter along the string. You have to introduce a mathematical parameter along the string. We can call that parameter, we'll give it a name, sigma. Sigma goes from one end of the string where we can arbitrarily say it's zero, so sigma is zero at this end, and at the other end, we can arbitrarily say sigma is equal to pi. I could have taken it to be one, I could have taken it to be seven, it doesn't matter. Uh, it will be useful to think, to call it pi. The reason is later on we're going to study closed strings, which go all the ways around in a loop, and it's nice to say they go from zero to two pi, that's all. But uh, they go from zero to pi, so this sum over the mass points is going to be an integral from 0 to pi d sigma. This is adding them all up. And we're going to have the kinetic energy of the little element of string at point sigma. We have a continuous string now. We take a little element at point sigma. We take its velocity squared and divide by 2. And what about this term over here? Uh, I've, I've, I've chosen the mass to go in the appropriate way. I'm dropping the mass here. By the time you're finished, um, you can absorb the mass into something else. Doesn't matter what. It's just x dot squared. It's clearly kinetic energy. Miss an episode of Public Access America? Download the SoundCloud app now on your iPhone or Android device to catch up.
Stanford University. All right, what about this term here? What's that going to look like? How about xi minus xi plus 1? What should you replace that with? Derivative. Derivative. This is like the derivative of x with respect to sigma squared. So the other term here will be derivative of x with respect to sigma. This is derivative of x with respect to time. This is derivative of x with respect to sigma squared. This is the energy of the string. If I wanted to write the Lagrangian, you all remember what a Lagrangian is. Energy is kinetic energy plus potential energy. Lagrangian is kinetic energy minus. So if I wanted the Lagrangian, it would be this. If I wanted the energy, it would be with a plus sign. Okay, I'll write the energy. We'll write the energy. Hamiltonian plus. Let's focus for a little bit. I'm going to stop in a few minutes and, uh, and uh, we'll take a rest. But let's focus a little bit on a string which happens to have no overall center of mass motion in the two dimensions in the xy plane. We're coming back now to here. What we're going to do is use a model for a relativistic string, which is simply based on this kind of infinite momentum thinking, but in which there are only two x's, the two x's moving in the, uh, in the direction perpendicular to the motion. So this could be called x and y, but I'll just call it x dot squared. It really consists of x dot squared plus y dot squared. This one consists of dx by d sigma squared plus dx plus dy by d sigma squared. Is that clear? Yeah, okay. Oh, I just absorbed it. Uh, I just chose, oh, sorry, there is a two. Two is important. Uh, I chose k in such a way to make sure that when I got to the final continuum limit, the coefficient was one. Remember, it's something that has to, that has to vary as you vary the spacing, and uh, it can be chosen. Uh, in such a way as to make this. Uh... And this is the conventional energy of a vibrating string. It has two terms, kinetic and potential, potential proportional to the stretching. This is this, the xd sigma is the stretching of the string. Okay, I want to point out one interesting fact. This Hamiltonian here, or this expression for energy is the generalization of this expression here for a system of particles which also has an interaction between them. But the whole thing, the whole object, it may be vibrating and doing things, but the whole object is an object. We can call it a particle. Who's to say it's not a particle? Uh, uh, Protons and neutrons have spin, they rotate. There's all sorts of internal motions in particles. We know there are internal motions of particles, internal motions of atoms, internal motions of quarks inside uh, protons and neutrons. Uh, the best bet would be there are all sorts of internal motions in every particle. 
So this stringy vibrations and internal motions and so forth, that perhaps, not perhaps, but would add up to all the internal motion in the particle, all the internal energy in the particle. The internal energy would be the contributions to the energy from the potential stretching and from the relative motion of the different parts. The overall motion, we'll separate that out soon enough, but the overall motion of the string, the center of mass of it, that would just be treated as the, as the position of the particle. But the relative stretching and the relative vibration, that's internal energy. So, when we calculate the internal energy of this particle, what should we relate it to? We should relate it not to the mass, but to the mass squared. In this correspondence, it's not an analogy, it's an exact statement about the properties of uh, relativity. This is a very precise mathematical statement, which I won't make now, but there is, a, uh, there is an exact sense in which fast-moving systems are completely non-relativistic in the two-dimensional sense. What would the internal energy correspond to? It would correspond not to the mass of the particle, but to the mass squared. So for a, for a string at rest, think of a string which has no motion in the, uh, in the xy plane. All it's doing is vibrating and it has internal energy. That internal energy has to be identified with the square of the mass of the entire assembly of constituents of the string. If the constituents of the string are adding up to something that we want to call a particle, then that particle has a mass squared, which is the sum of all of the internal energies inside the particle. Now this is an interesting fact. We get mass squared for the energy of a particle in this framework. Hmm? There are some C's around, which I haven't tried to keep track of. Yeah. There's C's and, uh, yeah, there's C's and, uh, right. Uh, yeah, I haven't tried to keep track of them. But, this connection was something I knew that nobody else knew at the time. <laughs> I'd worked on both these things. Uh, and, um, so, this is interesting. This is exciting. Another fact. Another fact is that a string is not so different than a spring. If you look at the spectrum of energies of a string, it's quantized in pretty much the same way. We'll come, we're going to do the quantization of it carefully, but the basic fact about the quantization of it is that the string is a collection of springs, and springs have quantized energy, and what's the formula for the energy of a quantum mechanical oscillator? An integer multiple of something. Each time you increase the energy of a spring or a string, the internal energy, by one unit, it increases the mass squared by one unit.
Public Access America is on Instagram sharing our episode art, snippets of the stories, sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, and more. Search hashtag BigBrainPod for more. Stanford University. A quick question? Yeah. Uh, the M, M energy is M squared. The, the M is, it, this is a simple confusion, is M the mass of the string? Yeah, it's the mass of the whole string. The whole string. The whole string. And the energy, so if you double the size of the mass of the string, it would be four times the energy because the M squared would be, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've stolen my thunder. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I uh, <laughs> Okay, but now, well, okay, let's, let's look at this formula a little bit carefully now and see if we can see anything interesting. Good question. Yeah. Um, the right side you have m squared there, that would kind of, kind of connote the rest mass of the system, correct? It is, in fact, the rest mass of the string in a frame of reference where it's not zipping along, but where it was really stationary. But the equation seems to be, seems to be not uh, well describing a photon. It, well, that's right, because a photon is massless. Well, that just corresponds to m equals zero on the right-hand side. And you're going to ask me, how can this thing be zero? Well, we're going to come to that. That is a very significant and interesting point. We're going to come to it. For the moment, it's just the mass of the entire string, the entire, including its internal energy, including its stretching energy, all of the energies that you would normally add up to find mc squared, to find the rest mass, that's what this is here, okay? It's just a, it's, no. for, for, for This is just a, a classical mechanics and rel relativity applied so far. We haven't invented any other. We haven't introduced quantum mechanics yet. Do things like that. No. Nope. Okay. But if we did introduce quantum mechanics, we would know that this string would, be, would have quantized energy levels and therefore quantized mass squares. Right? In fact, if we increase the angular momentum by one quantum, then the quantized energy, the quantum of energy that would be introduced would be a quantum of m squared, not a quantum of m. This was an immediate piece of evidence that, uh, that moreover, yeah, okay, this was, this was one of the hints that, uh, one of the hints. There's another interesting fact here. Um, supposing you took a string which was not moving but which you stretched out, which you stretched out to a certain uh, length, okay? How much energy would it have? Well, then all of its energy would be uh, potential energy, not kinetic energy. Let's calculate what it would be. How big is the xd sigma? Well, if you stretch that out uniformly, then the change in x along the length of it would just be the length of the string. L would just be, we're stretching it out to a physical distance L. We stretch it out to a physical distance L over a distance from zero to pi, right? All right, so the derivative of x with respect to sigma would be something like L divided by pi. I don't care about the pi's right now. They're not what's, uh, what's interesting. The x by d sigma would just be proportional to the length of the string. Okay. 
If you stretch it out by distance L and divide it by the range of sigma from zero to pi, that would give you dx by d sigma. And so we can say that dx by d sigma is proportional to the length of the string. And dx by d sigma squared would just be the square of the length of the string, right? This is Hooke's law. This is Hooke's law for a string. If you stretch it out to distance L, the energy stored in it non-relativistically will be L squared. But that's what has to equal the mass squared. Now we know something interesting about, how, about the energetics of the string if we were to study it in the rest frame. In the rest frame of the string, the energy of the string is the mass. We got from mass to mass squared by boosting the string. But if we went back now and we said, look, wait a minute. We know E equals mc squared. That's rest mass. What is the rest mass of this string? And the answer is that the rest mass is proportional to, this is a proportionality factor, proportional to its length. In other words, this string has the property that the energy, if you think about it in its rest frame, if you stretch it out to distance L, it will have an energy which will grow with L and be proportional to L. In the rest frame, it doesn't look like a Hooke's Law string at all. It looks like a different kind of string whose energy is proportional to its length. Well, that's very interesting because it fits with another picture. It fits with the picture which I described before of lines of flux connecting quarks and antiquarks. Lines of flux would produce, if I slice them through like this, they would produce a patch of electric or magnetic field here. It doesn't matter whether it's electric or magnetic. Lines of flux in a tube like this would produce a magnetic or an electric field in here. Electric fields have energy, and the energy density in them depends on the field. The energy density along this long tube of flux would be uniform. If the number of flux lines passing through this little area is the same as the number passing through this little area and so forth, the field strength would be uniform along this tube of flux here. This is, in fact, a property of tubes of uh, magnetic flux and superconductors and so forth. In superconductors, uh, in superconductors, you don't have, of course, uh, monopoles in superconductors, but you can have long lines of magnetic flux, and they have the property that the magnetic field is uniform along them, and therefore the energy density is uniform along them. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. Hit his party.
History in the making, 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 history in the making. making. Public Access America is waiting for you on the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Download the app for free on your Android device or iPhone and subscribe to Public Access America. Stanford University.